Thank you, choir, orchestra, ensemble. Well, Jesus said that there are two kingdoms in this world. There is a kingdom of light and there is a kingdom of darkness. In Matthew chapter 5, he said, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So according to the scripture, there is a kingdom of light and those who know Jesus Christ as Savior make up the kingdom of light. But the scripture also says in Colossians 1, for he delivered us from the domain of darkness. So according to the Bible then, we live in a world in which there are two kingdoms. There is a kingdom of light, there is a kingdom of darkness. The problem some of us have or the struggle that we deal with is that it seems at times that the kingdom of darkness is dominant. It seems in the battle that the kingdom of darkness is winning the battle. David experienced some of that when he wrote, For I was envious of the arrogant, as I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Surely in vain I have kept my heart pure. So when David is looking at what is going on, it seemed to him that the kingdom of darkness was dominant. And he says, Thus I must have kept my heart pure in vain. Solomon also experienced that same question. He said, I have seen everything during my lifetime of futility. There is a righteous man who perishes in his righteousness. And there is a wicked man who prolongs his life in his wickedness. So Solomon had the same thing. We do as well. Sometimes it seems to us that we are on the losing side. That there are two kingdoms, a kingdom of light, a kingdom of darkness, and sometimes it seems to us that we are on the losing side. Jesus told the parable of the wheat and tares to give some perspective to this question. And to some extent, he gave us a timeline as to how things work. Now, we're going to look at the parable, but before we do, let me introduce the characters to you. The sower in the parable is Christ. The enemy is Satan. The wheat represents the saved and the tares represent the lost. Take your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 13, beginning in verse number 24. He presented another parable to them saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed tares also among the wheat and went away. But when the wheat sprang up and bore grain, then the tares became evident also. And the slaves of the landowner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? And he said to them, An enemy has done this. And the slave said to him, Do you want us then to go and gather them up? But he said, No, lest while you are gathering up the tares, you may root up the wheat with them. Allow both to grow together until the harvest, and in the time of harvest, 
I will say to the reapers, first gather up the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them up, but gather the wheat into my barn. All right, so there are two seeds here, the good and the bad, and we see them both planted. The good seed is planted there in verse number 24. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. Now Jesus actually tells two parables about good seed being planted. The first parable he told was in verses 18 through 23, and there the good seed that is sown is the Word of God. Now he says in verse number 19, if you look with me very quickly, when anyone hears the Word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is the one on whom the seed was sown beside the road. So when the sower then would go out to scatter the seed, some of it falls on the road. The road is packed, the road is hard, so the seed then sets on top. It does not take root and the birds come and snatch it away. He says when the word of God is shared, it falls sometimes on hearts that are hard. And when it falls on a hardened heart, he says the enemy then comes and snatches the seed away, thus it does not take root. And then in verse number 20, And the one on whom seed was sown on the rocky places, this is the man who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no firm root in himself, but is only temporary. And when affliction or persecution arises because of the word immediately, he falls away. Now the Bible says that in this case, sometimes the word of God is shared. It is received immediately but then tough times come or another interest arises and when it does, then he rejects the word. In verse number 22, he says, And the one on whom seed was sown among the thorns, this is the man who hears the word, and the worry of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. So sometimes he says, whenever we share the word of God, the good seed it is choked out by the cares of this world. The things in this world, the interest of this world, chokes out the word of God. But verse 23, and the one on whom seed was sown on the good soil, this is the man who hears the word, understands it, bears fruit, brings forth some a hundredfold, some 60, and some 30. So he says that when we share the word of God, the good seed, there are some who hear it and receive it, and they are productive. So when we look at the first parable then, it is about the word of God that is the good seed. When we come to the parable that we have just read, he is basically speaking about the good seed planted in the good soil. Now look at verse number 38 of our text. And the field is the world, and as for, for the good seed, these are the sons of the kingdom, and the tares are the sons of the evil one. All right? So the good seed then is sown. Where is it sown? In the world. The word of God, the good seed, is sown in the world. The problem we have is we don't like the world. If you're a Christian, you feel uncomfortable in the world. And we want to withdraw from it. We want to isolate ourselves from the world. In the past, they built monasteries where people could isolate themselves from the world, withdraw from the world. And we have that same temptation today, do we not? 
we feel uncomfortable with what is going on in our world, and so there is the tendency to withdraw. I'm reading a book, The Benedict Option. Haven't completed it, so I haven't reached a, a, a total conclusion, but it seems to me that that is what is being said in the book, that, that there is the tendency for the good seed to withdraw from the world because we are uncomfortable in it because we don't identify with it. Now he says that the good seed there in verse number 38, the people of God, those who have been saved. So the good seed, the word of God has been planted in the world and we then are the results of that good seed. We have been born again, but the bad seed is planted also. Verse number 38 continues. And the tares are the sons of the evil one, and the enemy who sowed them is the devil. So God planted good seed, and Satan planted the tares. The Bible dictionary said tares, or bearded darnel, is mentioned only here. It is a species of ryegrass, the seeds of which are a strong poison. It bears the closest resemblance to wheat till the ear appears and only then the difference is discovered. It grows plentifully in Syria and Palestine. It is interesting to me in studying the word tares because it comes from a Greek word which means to commit fornication. Now that might seem strange. Now how does this work? We have the tares from a word that means to commit fornication. Barclay gives some insight into that. He said, the popular story is that the tares took their origin in the time of wickedness which preceded the flood. For at that time, the whole creation, men, animals, and plants, all went astray and committed fornication and brought forth contrary to nature. The popular idea was that the tares were a kind of wheat which had gone wrong. All right, so that is the connection there. Tares to commit fornication, they have gone wrong. All right, so the Bible says then that Satan planted the tares. Now, there is some deception. Look at verse 25. But while men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed tares also, among the wheat and went away. Now, where were the tares planted? Among the wheat. The tares were planted among the wheat in the church. There are deceivers in the church, people who appear to be Christians. They look like Christians. They talk like Christians, but they are not Christians. They are tares. Paul mentions such a one in 2 Timothy 4, verses 14 and 15, when he said, Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm. The Lord will repay him according to his deeds. Be on guard against him yourself, for he vigorously opposed our teaching. So in the example that Paul gives, this is someone in the church who opposed the teaching that Paul was sharing. Many of these tares, now listen, many that are tares in the church have been deluded into believing that they are Christians when they are not. 
2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4 says, The God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving, that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. Folks, the fact is, there are many people in the church who would say they are Christians, and yet they are not. Did you know that there are 160 million church members in our country? 160 million people who belong to the church? How in the world can we be so many and yet so little? How can we be so many, 160 million people who belong to the church, and yet it seems that we have no influence or very little influence in the world? It is because that many who belong to the church do not belong to the Lord. So we see the seeds planted. God planted good seed. Satan planted the tares. They look like wheat but they are not. Now both of them produced a crop, some fruit. Verse number 26. But when the wheat sprang up and bore grain, then the tares became evident also. Now it is hard by appearance to make a distinction between wheat and tares. Both seeds being in the church, wheat and tares, causes confusion within the body. That was true in the early church. If you have studied church history, you know that in the early church that there was confusion, conflict in the church. It was difficult to tell true Christians from false Christians. There were many church leaders during that time who taught error along with the truth. So they had these councils, councils to debate the issues, the doctrines, to determine what was true and what was false. It was out of those councils that came the Nicene Creed, the Apostles' Creed, statements of truth to combat the heresy that was within the church. Now that was in the early church. There was this conflict that was going on between what is true and what is error. What is right doctrine, what is false doctrine? And so these creeds came out of that environment. Because of tares within the church today, there is error that continues. I have heard it said, all religions drink from the same river. We just use different straws. So there is the Christian straw. There is the straw of Judaism. There is the straw of Islam. There is the straw of Hinduism. But we all drink from the same river just using different straws. That is not what the Bible teaches. R.G. Lee was preaching at a conference. He stated in his message he believed that only 10% of church members were saved. Well, that was upsetting to those who were in attendance, and so they began to boo, and some of them whistled a little bit, and they were upset that he had said only 10%. He believed that only 10% of the church was saved. And then he said, oh, I'm sorry. He said, I meant to say 
The wheat and the tares produce fruit. The Bible says they grow together, verse number 30. Allow both to grow together until the harvest. So both seeds produce fruit in the church, meaning not everyone in the church is saved. Judas, Judas was a disciple. Judas heard the same stories, saw the same miracles. He was the treasurer who kept the money for the disciples, but he was not saved. A part of the church, he was not saved. According to Scripture, things will not be different in the last days. When we come to the end of time, there will be people in the church who are not saved. Paul was uh, speaking of those days in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5. He said, as he speaks about the end of time, he speaks about the church, and he says there will be those people in the church holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power. Avoid such men as these. That is going to be the church during the last days. Holding to the form of godliness, denying the power. Looking as if they are children of God, but not being children of God. So there is a crop that is produced. Both seeds grow together. Both seeds produce fruit. But then there is a harvest planned. Look at verse number 30. Allow both to grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather up the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them up. Okay? There, <clears throat> there is coming a time when the tares are going to be harvested. Now the Bible says that this will happen in the time of harvest, so it's delayed. It is going to take place at harvest time. John mentions that in Revelation chapter 14, verse number 15. He said, And another angel came out of the temple, crying out with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud, Put in your sickle and reap, because the hour to reap has come, because the harvest of the earth is ripe. I want you to know there is going to be a harvest. There will come a day when there is a harvest. It's delayed right now, not right now, but there will be a harvest. And the Bible says that at that time, the wheat and the tares will be separated from each other. Now, saying that, what I believe is happening today and you try to understand things. We, were, we sang the song a while ago. And troubled times and so forth. When I look at it, here's, here's what I see is happening. The wheat and the tares have been together. There is coming a time of harvest. When we near the time of harvest, the Bible says there will be a separation. And what I think we are seeing is the beginning of the separation. That the wheat and the tares are beginning to separate. I mean, how else can one explain that with the tragedy in the Texas church? And it's not just that, but when there have been tragedies recently 
and the people of God say that I am praying for you, that people say, don't be praying. In fact, a congressman for California walked out when Congress paused for a moment of silence for those in Texas. What's going on that, that I grew up in a time when there was respect for the Lord, there was respect for the church, there, were resp there was respect for the values that we proclaim, but today there is hostility towards it. What is happening? In my opinion, what you're seeing is the separation. It is, we are coming close to the harvest and we're beginning to pull apart into our camps. Thus, there is hostility towards the wheat. Jesus mentioned the separation that will take place in Matthew 25, 32. He said, and all the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them from one another as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. There's going to be a separation. There's an eternal separation. When Lazarus died, the Bible says that he went to heaven. The rich man died. He went to hell. And according to the scripture, the Bible says that there was a great separation, a great gulf that was between them. So there's a separation. There will be a judgment. Verse number 30 again. Allow both to grow together until the harvest. And in the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers first, gather up the tares and bind them in the bundles to burn them up. So the Bible says that the tares are going to be gathered. They're going to be gathered. They will be gathered to the judgment seat of the great white throne judgment. And the Bible speaks of that in Revelation chapter 20. John wrote, And I saw a great white throne, and him who sat upon it, from whose presence earth and heaven fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, the great and the small, standing before the throne. Now that is the great white throne judgment. The Bible says that there is a judgment that is coming, separation that is coming. They are going to be gathered up to stand before the great white throne. The Bible says they will be bound, which means they cannot escape, and they will burn. Revelation chapter 20, verse 15, And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. So there is a harvest. Harvest for the tares. And then you'll notice in verse number 30, but gather the wheat into my barn. That's the same. The tares are gathered up for judgment. The wheat are gathered into the barn of the Lord. Barclay says from this parable, there's some truths that we learn. The first being that the world is always hostile to the people of God. Folks, you ought not be surprised by that. There are two kingdoms, a kingdom of darkness, a kingdom of light. And the world is always hostile to the people of God. Jesus even addressed that in the Sermon on the Mount. When he said, blessed are you when men cast insults at you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely, on account of me. So Barclay says one lesson we need to understand is that the world is always hostile to the believer. The second lesson is that it is difficult to distinguish between the saved and the lost. Barclay said we are much too quick to classify people and label them good or bad without knowing all the facts. I had a minister of music in my last church 
Norman was a great guy, thought the world of him. On staff, minister of music. But one day it came, he says, I have never been born again. I have never been saved. I'm a member of the church, I'm a minister of music. But I have never been saved. Folks, the fact is it is hard to distinguish between those who are saved sometimes and those who are not. So Barclay says we have to be patient. If we try to separate wheat from the tares today, what we end up doing is damaging the wheat. So if we try to make the separation, we pull up the wheat along with the tares. He says then we also learn that judgment will come, but Jesus is the judge, not me. Not you either. The truth is I don't know your heart. Sometimes people say, well, if I know my heart, you don't even know your heart. The Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Jesus is the judge. So let me conclude. What do we learn from this parable? Good and bad seed are planted together. The good seed is planted in the world and the bad seed is planted among the wheat. We're planted together. We grow together. The wheat and the tares both produce a crop. My question for you to consider is, are you among the wheat or the tares? I can't answer that question, nor do I want to try, but I trust that the Holy Spirit will reveal to you are you among the wheat or the tares? Paul said, test yourselves to see if you are in the faith. Examine yourselves, and so that's what I want this to be. If I were to ask you, are you a Christian, what would your response be? Some of you would probably say, well, you know, I went to a church, and I walked down the aisle, and I shook the preacher's hand, and I filled out a card. Some of you might say, well, I was baptized. There was a time when I was baptized. Or maybe you would say, well, you know, I give to causes that are worthy. I, I give to feed the hungry. I, I give to people in need. Some of you might say, well, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a good person. I'm not a perfect person, but I'm a good person. But folks, here's the thing. None of those, none of those is the answer. The answer is we have to be born again. In John chapter 3, verse number 3, Jesus answered and said to Nicodemus, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Understand that Nicodemus was a religious man. He was religious. Not only was he a religious man, he was a good man. Not only was he a good man, but he was a teacher of religion. All of these things. But when he came to Jesus, Jesus said, Nicodemus, unless you are born again from above, unless you're born again, you will never see the kingdom of God. So according to the scripture, God loves you. There's no question about his love. He loves you. The Bible says that we all have sinned, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. None of us is perfect. We don't measure up. But the Bible says that Jesus forgives us when we ask for salvation. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So I would simply ask you, are you in the kingdom of light?
or in the kingdom of darkness? Are you wheat or tares? Has nothing to do with your church membership. It has everything to do with your relationship to Jesus. Some people are going to stand before the Lord someday and say, but Jesus, I'm a Baptist or a Presbyterian or a Methodist. And let me say to you, the Lord is not impressed by your brand marks. There is only one thing, and that is your relationship to Jesus. That's all. Some Baptists will go to heaven, some Baptists will go to hell. Because it has everything to do with Jesus and nothing else. So where are you today? Our Father, we come to a time of invitation and I just pray that the Holy Spirit will reveal to us what you see. I pray, Father, for some who maybe they have been deceived for a time into thinking that they were Christians, but they've never been born again. Lord, I pray that they would be today. I pray that you would move in your midst and, and Lord, that you would bring conviction where it needs to be, encouragement where it needs to be. But I pray, Lord, that you would bless this invitation time in Christ's name. Amen. Just a moment, we're going to stand. The choir is going to sing a hymn of invitation. I would ask you to just let the Lord see your heart. If you've never been born again, come today. Let someone pray with you. Lead you to Christ. If you're looking for a church home, our doors are open. Love to have you. Stand with me, please, as we stand together. They sing, you come, I'll greet you as you do. thank these uh, girls, these cheerleaders for coming and being with us today. After the service is 